Hey everyone, wanted to drop in at the top of the show to let you know that this week's episode isn't going to be suitable for our listeners. While we're all adults here, there's more swearing and suggestive themes than we're used to, so you may want to listen without kids around. However, we do have a lot of fun this week, and you're going to want to stick around for our conversation. And as always, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of This My Bourbon Podcast, where we discuss the spirit of Kentucky. My name is Perry. Thank you all so much for being here. And I have, I'm super excited, let me tell you about this week, because I have two super special guests on. Um, they are the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts about one of my favorite shows, uh, Arrested Development. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Colin Cox and John Phelps from the Hop Ons Podcast. Guys, hey. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you're the What's fucking up, big times now, man. You got yeah, these A-listers no on here. And... <laughs> and we're just, you know, this is what I like to do is bring A-listers on and get them drunk. So, <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. This is actually really cool. This is our first yeah, absolutely. E- experience with any, like, I've never done long distance uh, podcasting of you. No, I can't say I have. So this is a, this yeah. is a first for, uh, for us as well. Well, this should be, I mean, I, I've, I've Google Hangouts to, with other people before to record <laughs> podcasts. <so. laughs> oh, good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, if, for anybody who, you know, is unable to tell, we are, in fact, in different states. I'm in Kentucky, and you guys are in Tennessee, right? We're in southwest Virginia. We're, South, okay. We're about okay, uh, like 10 miles. We're 10 miles from Tennessee. We're right on the line. So, okay. I don't, know, yeah. I don't know why I thought y'all were in Tennessee. Well, John John lives in Abingdon, Virginia. I live in Bristol, Virginia, and Bristol is a shared city, so it's shared between Virginia and Tennessee. Yeah. We're right, okay. right on the border. Um, something... Uh, uh, novelty thing someone can do if they come to this part of the country is to stand on state street and hey guess what one foot is in virginia and one is in tennessee it's amazing and that's what people really like to do people just like stop traffic and they're like gotta take a picture look (laughs) it ruins everybody's check it out so yeah that 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 actually happens a lot but that's why that's why sometimes people think we're in tennessee or yeah other times in virginia but and you're you're in kentucky is that right I, I am in Kentucky. I'm about 30 minutes south of Lexington. Um, okay, I've been, called, to Lu- in, I've been to in, Louisville twice, maybe. Okay, Louisville's like an hour remember. outside of Lexington. Oh, cool. <laughs> I can't say yeah. I've ever been to yeah. Kentucky. I've never had the pleasure of of traveling to. I believe one of the like Virginia, one of the five Commonwealths. Is that right? Yes. That's yeah. the, that's, that's Kentucky's the, a commonwealth. It's the nerdiest Kentucky thing. Kentucky is, in fact, a commonwealth. <laughs> there are five commonwealths, and I believe five commonwealths <laughs> in the United States. So, so glad I'm learning <laughs> all this. Fact, yeah. fact man over here, Colin Cox. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, buddy, it's okay. I'm just super happy to have you guys on uh, in general. So um, we're going to spend uh, quite a bit of time tonight talking about, of course, Arrested Development, but also bourbon, as we always do, and we're going to be drinking throughout the show. Um, which is, you know, it, a, a great thing to do on a Monday night when you... <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, I've already gotten started. Yeah, yeah, this is. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I had it. I had a glass already too, so that's perfectly fine. I, I think um, the way to gauge my sobriety, if you've seen Arrested Development, is to just imagine that episode where Lucille falls. <laughs> yeah. Because she's so drunk, I might get to that point at the end. So if I stop talking, that's that's what happened. Yeah, I can drink like one glass and then I just am sweat man all night. So <laughs> I don't know man. if I'll keep it. I don't know if I'll keep it up because it's it's already pretty rough. Yeah. In here. <laughs> what a horrible superpower to have, though. Yeah. Sweat man. It's, if you don't want to have like, any friends, you sweat man. <laughs> I have the power to clear out an elevator because no one wants to stand next to me. It sounds like you were part of, like, Batman's horrible rogues yeah. gallery in the 60s. Yeah. yeah, He just can't get his hands on him because he's so damn slippery. <laughs> okay, so I, I have this feeling, I, I, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you guys know much about bourbon? No. no. Now, okay. I, I know it can only be called bourbon if it's produced in Kentucky, correct? Well, we will get to that in just a second okay. because oh. I figured that we would do something in the spirit of the Hop Ons podcast. Um, for those who have not listened before, Colin is a big fan of quiz shows. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. For people Despite who the once listened to the Hop On podcast <laughs> because yeah. they just stopped listening because of my silly games. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I figured that I would do a, uh, a little quiz to see how, you, how well you guys know bourbon. This is taken from liquor.com. Okay. Um, so you guys can work together. Uh, okay, and, great. Oh, good. Okay. okay, we're on a team. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the first question, there are eight questions. The first one is, bourbon has to be made in Kentucky, true or false? True. True. I'll say true. Okay. Oh, but now I feel like you- it's definitely false. Hold on a second. Because when you asked earlier, he got real sneaky with it. <laughs> well, do you think it's true? Well, I, I remember hearing this that for it like to be where, called though? well when you were dreaming when you were asleep. Yes, exactly. No, I so so fever all, dreams. All bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. What? Correct. It's like a, it's like a weird Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think to be a bourbon, it must be made in Kentucky. Okay, we're gonna say true. I'm gonna go with true. Okay. Uh, that is, in fact, false. Bourbon oh, has to be made fucking in the damn it, Colin. I told you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, according to Liquor.com, most bourbon comes from the bluegrass state. Uh, 95% of the planet's supply is born here. Um, but by law, it just has to be distilled anywhere in the U.S. And, oh. um, yeah, we, we typically like to go, oh, yeah, Kentucky bourbon's the best bourbon, but there is still really good bourbon outside of the U.S. Uh, Outside of the Commonwealth. Oh, you, I, you like know, to I think we've Kentucky. actually had Virginia bourbon before at my house. I think we've had Bowman Virginia Brothers? whiskey. Yeah, Bowman Brothers, right? They make really? a bourbon, right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. I'm sorry. They do. I take responsibility for that. I'm so sorry. All right. <laughs> Perry, hit me with the next one, please. Thank you. Okay. There are more barrels of bourbon in Kentucky than there are people. True or false? Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay, so. Well, Kentucky, like, I've been to Harlan, Kentucky, and there's, like, nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you want to say true? That feels true. That feels true. That we're going to go like with, a we're fun fact. say true. That is in fact true. Okay. Uh, our population of 4.3 million is seriously outnumbered by the 4.7 million barrels of bourbon currently oh. aging in the state. That's a wow. whole 400,000 more barrels than there are people. <laughs> Almost half a million Holy barrels shit. more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right? 
And we're consuming, we're, I can only guess that we're consuming more bourbon than people are dying in Kentucky. So I mean, that's an interesting <laughs> case. It's real dark that we just went there. <laughs> Do you think right. that, have, have you, Perry, have you ever been to Harlan, Kentucky? I've not been to Harlan, Kentucky, but I've always heard that you'll never leave Harlan alive. So <laughs> I went to a, uh, a country song. I sorry. A, <laughs> I went to a Civil War reenactment there, and it was about as fun as you could think it is. It was, <laughs> it was really, it was really, really bad. Don't go there is what I was going to say. Unless well, people from so, Harlan are listening to this, then God bless you. But I don't know if they have internet or, <laughs> or computers. <laughs> <laughs> but they have bourbon, so hey, well, they're oh, doing okay, okay yeah. if they have bourbon, right? Yeah. All right. Is there another question? Um, I'm excited. There are yes, six so more questions. questions. Oh God! Oh, this shit, is question okay. three of eight. Yeah. <laughs> um, true or false? Straight bourbon whiskey must be aged in new charred oak barrels for at least four years. Oh, let I will repeat say that. False. Let me let me oh, repeat that. Ahead, just, so yeah. you, just so we're clear. Okay. Straight bourbon whiskey must be aged in new charred oak barrels for at least four years. True or false? Can I explain my methodology? Yeah, it seems so fucking, like, peculiar. Well, that's what I mean. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it seems peculiar enough that I bet 95% of that is true. Oh, oh, but oh, but he like changed, the one number. He, he changed something, so... Did you so, write... You didn't write these, though, right? Liquor.com No, 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 no. Right? This is from Liquor.com. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, that's different. I, I want to say I want to say false. I would like to say false. We're going to say false. false. It is in fact false. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while bourbon, mu- yeah. <laughs> while bourbon must so be excited. aged in <laughs> while bourbon must be aged in new charred oak barrels, meaning distillers can only use the barrel one time. The whiskey is only required to age for two years. See what I mean? But there's there, there's a caveat there. That's for straight bourbon whiskey. Straight bourbon whiskey has to be two years old. But if it's younger than two years, it can it has to be called just bourbon whiskey. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's really bizarre. Well, OK, isn't it? Yeah, that's, so many <laughs> rules. That's very strange. All right, cool. There okay. are. And one of the one of the weirdest things about aging bourbon, too, is that by law, it doesn't have to be aged any certain amount of time. So you could basically just shoot it through a barrel and it could be called bourbon. Oh, well, I bet that's how we got away with it in Virginia. <laughs> no, I, Bowen, Bowen Brothers is legit stuff. Is it good? Man. Okay, I yes. It's good stuff. It. You drank it all. Stuff. I had two bottles and you drank all of it. <laughs> Not at one time, but. Wow. <laughs> okay, question four. Question four. Bourbon must be made with at least 51% of what ingredient? Rye, barley, corn, or wheat? I'm looking on the label. <laughs> <laughs> it's can not say, on here. Can I say barley? I want to say barley. With notes of sweet vanilla. Pear- Hold on. We are your bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It's not rye. No, I don't. That think would be so. like rye whiskey, right? Yeah. So I want to say barley. Barley. Okay. That sounds like garbage, though. Well, I what's, mean, what's might- that? So the the answers I have are barley, rye, rye and wheat, and bar- wheat, and corn. Oh, it's corn. You think so? Yeah. Okay, I trust you. We're going to go with, no, wait, maybe it's not. Okay, we'll say corn. <laughs> corn, <laughs> final answer. It is, in fact, corn. Um, hey! Bourbon, hey! Has to be, <laughs> bourbon has to be at least 51% corn in its mash bill. Wow, um, I never knew that. And then it can, from there out, it can be any combination <laughs> of rye and barley or wheat and barley. 
the barley has to be there to um, produce some of the enzy- enzymes, excuse me, um, during the creation of alcohol uh, during the fermentation process. This is fascinating. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just want this to be the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. It might, <laughs> just depending on how fucking long it takes us to get through this. I'm okay with that. I mean, again, if you've listened to the Hop Ons podcast, you know I'm okay with these things just going on and on. I, I hope that, like, you, you're going to get some people coming back like, oh, they're talking about something different. Maybe there won't be a stupid quiz show, yeah. and there's going to be a stupid quiz show. <laughs> We actually, I can't right. tell you the number of emails or tweets, uh, people saying, love the podcast. Colin, can you stop with the quizzes? <laughs> so. I like the quizzes. Well, I, I did too, but. I did too. I thought they were a lot of fun. Um, I mean, especially when it was like Stump John time too. Well, I know that, but I almost felt like that was a bit unfair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are we on? Question five now? Okay. Yeah, we're on question five. five yes. Uh, true or false, there was no bourbon produced during Prohibition in the United States. Well, that's got to oh, be false, I want right? to say false. I mean, listen, we've, we've seen the untouchables. Yeah. Okay, and that's, <laughs> and that's history. That is definitely, if, if anything's history, it's definitely the untouchables. We'll say it's false. The untouchables, yeah. <laughs> we'll say it, false. It is, in fact, yeah. false. Yeah, yes, it is, is false. Okay. Um, they used it uh, primarily for, quote-unquote, medicinal purposes during the Prohibition era. Um, that's pretty, and yeah, that's that's, pretty, I would do that, that, yeah. That's why in Kentucky you can still go to some pharmacies and buy liquor there. Right now you can? Yes, yes. What? That's the most amazing uh-huh. thing I've ever heard. Kentucky's baller as hell, dude. <laughs> I know it is. We should move to Kentucky, but let's stay away so you from... You walk in and you go, I got the vapors real bad. <laughs> do you well, have any no. of that <laughs> bourbon laying around? <laughs> no, they have like a whole liquor section. Oh, like a liquor oh, and wine. Oh, I see section. what you're saying. Okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not for like medicine. Yeah, it's, it's like vitamins and then and... liquor and exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. Next question. Question six. Um, during bourbon's aging process, some of the liquid escapes from the barrel through evaporation. What is the term for this lost portion? Phantom portion, specter's share, devil's cut, or angel's share? These all sound oh, like names for they Bond They all sound films. like really great, either Bond films, like terrible, <laughs> like hipster bands that are around here. I know, that's true. Oh my goodness, I don't know, John. Do you want to go with the first one, the second one, the third one, or the fourth one? I like one? Devil's Cut. I like Devil's, yeah. Oh, it, I know this because I saw a commercial with uh, Mila Kunich. Is that her name? <laughs> Mila <laughs> Kunich? For, for, yes. Uh, Devil's, it's Devil's, it's Devil's, Devil's Cut. Is it Devil's Cut or Devil's Share? It's Devil's Cut, I think. Devil's Cut. Okay. So your final answer is Devil's Cut. Correct. It is, in fact, not Devil's Cut. It's Angel's Share. Angel's Devil's oh, Cut. I got that wrong. Devil's Cut is a actual brand of Jim Beam bourbon, um, or an expression of Jim Beam bourbon. Where that may have been they... the commercial I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, she lied to me. <laughs> what they do with... Um, it, it's a weird, like convoluted kind of process, but what they do with Devil's Cut with Jim Beam is they're supposed to extract some of the bourbon that was supposedly lost to the angel share from the walls of the bourbon barrels. Oh, it's a very okay. Bi- yeah, yeah. It's a very bizarre, like, name and idea behind it, but... It was a confusing yeah. commercial, to be fair. It, it was. I, I understand. I understand, because she's throwing a lot of things around, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, question seven. During aging, bourbon-filled barrels are often kelp kept, excuse me, in multi-story warehouses called rickhouses, 
spirit shacks, bourbon shelters, or barrel huts. I'm sorry. Some of these are so dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to say? God damn. Those are all really bad. I think um, I like, I think I like <laughs> barrel huts. Barrel huts? I like spirit shacks. <laughs> I we should open up a honky tonk around here. That's where you go meet your shaman. The spirit shack. The spirit yeah. shack. Yeah. Do you <laughs> want to do spirit shack? We're gonna go with spirit shack. Okay, um, that is incorrect. It's Rick houses. <laughs> Rick houses. Rick houses. Yes. Why? What? That's stupid. I what does that mean? I don't know. I. That's the one thing about bourbon. I could not tell you. <laughs> R, is it spelled R I C K? Yes. And then houses. Is, was it just like the first dude that ever like had a had a building? It was Rick House. His name was Richard. Hey, y'all want to put them in here? You got them barrels? You want to put it? Hey, thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> From that point Def- forward, default Kentucky accent. By the way, I like that. A lot. Yeah, that was that was a. I mean, I was about to ask what the hell you were doing, but <laughs> I was born. A, I, I was born in Bromley Gap. That's how. That's how Rick would talk if. <laughs> if Rick was a human, I Mr. Don't know. House, Rick House, Mr. House. <laughs> okay, final final question. <laughs> final question. During which president's administration did Congress declare bourbon an indigenous product of the United States? Oh, Franklin Roosevelt, Lyndon B. Johnson, Jimmy Carter, or Ronald Reagan? Oh, boy, I want to say Johnson. I want to say Carter because he didn't like do a lot. And maybe he that was like <laughs> one thing he like. What do you mean Carter didn't do a lot? What did he do? We'll talk about this later. Oh, my really? God. I'm going to say, who are you saying? I don't know. I mean, I it, it seems like the kind of thing Lyndon B. Johnson would do. Because because he was, like, afraid people thought he killed Kennedy, so. Oh, no. He just <laughs> he drank a lot. All right, we'll go with LBJ. It is, in fact, LBJ. Hey! Uh, Look at you I think guys. we got, like, half so, of them, right? Uh, you yeah, got 62% so. right. <laughs> Sixty-two percent, not bad. I'll take that. That's yeah. like a low. That's still D. passing in your. I'll take it. That's yeah. still passing in your class, right, Colin? I, I, well, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> With the curve, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so. That that's um, trying to stump Colin and John with how much bourbon knowledge they think. not not much <laughs> not not too well, much sixty two percent I think we did okay all things considered okay yeah I mean I, I'm next not, time I'm not like upset about it or next anything. time I'll get a test prep packet for us oh and, sure yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get like a book and yeah, stuff I'm, and yeah. I'm I'm sorry I wanted to surprise you guys with that one it oh wasn't, no, uh, no thank okay. you for the surprise yeah. that was really really <laughs> wonderful I enjoyed it a lot <laughs> well I'm glad I'm glad. Um, so one of the things I always like to ask, uh, newcomers to the show is, um, two particular questions. How'd you start drinking bourbon? And like, do you have any that are kind of your go-tos? Um, or is it just kind of a light hobby for you? (laughs) Um, you go ahead, John. Yeah. So, uh, in 20, I don't know what you, 2013 ish. Yeah. I, um, for my birthday, one of the police officers where I work, I work at the police department. He gave me a bottle of Blanton's for my birthday. Uh, which I know is like more on the high end of bourbons. I had never heard of it before. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I just truly kind of took to it. And that same year I got a, I got Knob Creek as a gift. I got a bottle of Eagle Rare. I don't know why people thought I was like a fucking Alky for some reason in 2013. (laughs) Uh, and then, and I got a bottle of Buffalo Trace and a bottle of Bowman Brothers all in like a two year. So like really I, the bourbon chose me, I guess is what I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but I'm not much of a heavy drinker at all. I just, I like to have it 
nightcap occasionally, mixed sure. mixed drinks occasionally. That's about it. Colin, when, when Colin's drinking most of mine. Yeah, when we record the episode. Yeah. Um, just to kind of ease us out. Although it makes me just hot as hell, so I don't know why. We want to drink it when we record our episode. Well, those episodes are usually the more they entertaining are. They are ones. more fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I, my wife's family, they they enjoy drinking, and and this is something I think we'll talk about when we talk about representations of alcohol and Arrested Development. But yeah, they're absolutely. rather unapologetic about just enjoying drinking, and I I mentioned it on the Hop Ons podcast. I have type one diabetes, so beer is is a problem and I can get real sloppy real fast with wine because I drink that shit like Tyrion Lannister on Game of Thrones. I just don't know what I'm doing because I nervous drink just anything. So bourbon has a tendency to slow me down and my my father-in-law my father-in-law is someone who has resources and he has a lot I don't know how to describe it but he he keeps a lot of really nice he has gangster bourbon. money is what yeah, we're saying well he has sure, gangster money not? and he has um, a bar and but I, I remember <laughs> trying um Jefferson's uh Blanton's Woodford Reserve at his place yeah yeah and nice. just yeah. drinking it neat and it was it was Delicious and delightful. I I like uh, spicier drinks, mm. and again, sure. I I like wine. But if I'm not careful, I'll drink half a bottle of wine in 30 minutes and not remember what happened <laughs> before yeah. that and and after, <laughs> of course. So I, I I just I I like the I like the routine of it. Oh, that's yeah. that's something I really enjoy. I'm I'm someone who's in many ways dictated and determined by his routines and schedules and having <laughs> having a bourbon or having a whiskey or having I, I, I prefer scotch actually to bourbon but um really yeah I, I, I do actually I like the peat flavor a lot and I know that doesn't okay, really pop sure. up in bourbon but I know John's Not making even a, a little face bit. right now. Yeah John's <laughs> making a face. Just all, the peat flavor? Yeah I like peat. Yeah. Like just dirt? That, Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> it's yes. more earthy yeah. John than anything. Oh yeah. that sounds yeah. like, Harry that sounds really bad dude. <laughs> I don't I, I'm not a big scotch drinker and one of my buddies, um, Chad, who, along with his girlfriend, Sarah, runs a, a bourbon show on YouTube called It's Bourbon Night. Um, their friends keep trying to get them into drinking scotch. Oh, yeah. And it just 100% will not take for Chad. And we keep trying to goad him into doing a YouTube series called, like, Chad Drinks Bourbon, where it's just him in a big leather chair with a smoking jacket. And it just zooms in on him. And, like, every time that he takes a sip of scotch, he just, like, coughs and goes, this is horrible. And, like, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> well, I, it, it, it certainly takes it takes some time. And in many ways, it, it, it feels like you are taming a beast of sorts. But I think if and this is the last thing I'll say, because I know this isn't a scotch podcast. But <laughs> but if if I, I I think like like bourbon at least what I've noticed by listening to episodes of your podcast if you come back to it enough you start to discover uh, flavors and mm. things you enjoy you that yeah. you definitely didn't notice the first yeah. time that that may have even felt like an aversion the first time and that's what mm-hmm. I really like about scotch as well it's just such a unique flavor it's it's the kind of thing that is very hard to find in an alcoholic beverage, that peat flavor. <laughs> and I think that's what I like about it so much. Yeah. I actually, I worked at a cigar shop for uh, about a year and a half. And um, Did you nice. really? Yeah, I worked at Sidetrack on State Street. Are you serious? Yeah, it was my I second job. That. Yeah. I didn't know that. And like reps would come in all the time <laughs> and, uh, with like cigar samplers. And anytime there was like a party for a like Ashton would always bring out a bunch of Ashton cigars. They'd always bring a bottle of Woodford and was like, this goes well with this 
cigar. So that's probably the first place I actually tasted bourbon. Um, but it was free, so I just, whatever, just throw it at me, and I'm going to drink it. Um, but, yeah, not until somebody bought me Blanton's did I ever think I bought a bottle of I used to buy, like, the sweet garbage, like, <laughs> Bailey's and <laughs> anything that's just, like, real not manly with air quotes. It was sure. it was Woodford Reserve with me when I when I tried that yeah. for the first time and I I think my reaction was something as simple as oh oh sweet god this is so good. <laughs> this is this does not taste like Jack Daniels. This doesn't is... taste like Pete. <laughs> no, I well that was I <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> this is very peaty. <laughs> You know, I could before you come in the next time, I'll take your glass out to the river out here okay. and I'll put some <laughs> mud down in it. I'll say I you make you feel at be home. A lot, I thought you were going to be a lot nicer than that and like <laughs> blind him with a with a glass of scotch and a glass of bourbon and go, which one do you really like, Colin? <laughs> He'll be able to tell. Yeah, oh, this, well, I, this one has yeah, more dirt flavors. <laughs> well, I was about to say, my goodness, you would you would need to be dead to not tell the difference between bourbon and scotch. Uh, it's sure, it's yeah, just yeah. you can. I mean, if it's a peaty scotch, which which some of them are not, just but don't say it anymore. I'm just going to keep <laughs> saying it. Just. <laughs> Anyway. Well, that's what Michael. That's what Michael Bluth drinks. He he likes a he likes a scotch. He likes he likes a peaty scotch. What in what episode does Michael Bluth drink scotch? Oh, it's uh, the episode yeah, from what season? To. Maybe season one, season two, when they do the flashback where they're talking about persuading Lucille to go to rehab, and he said, "Is there a single malt scotch?" And it's probably. A peated oh my, scotch. How do you know that? What do you mean? You how have do like I a weird Rolodex that? for like weird everything. <laughs> shit. Have you not been doing this podcast with me? Yeah, for I don't remember years? that. Of course I remember. Yes. <laughs> you guys, is this? Are you guys fighting? Do I need to leave? Uh, no, no, sorry, is, we're sorry. This is normal. This is like the cottage no, cheese just, conversation dude, all over again. Deep cut for any Hop Ons <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, uh, uh, John, if you'd come around to, to cottage cheese yet, or if you, dude, t- man, <laughs> it's just I don't understand how people could put that in their mouth how could you how can you open that and look at it and go god that looks good well i i, I this, un- this bowl of floating white garbage under no circumstances did i argue that it looks appetizing i did not say that do you not even look at it when you eat it you just have to kind of like i try to i i try to look away and that's that's something you want to argue with me that that's going to taste good well, I, I'm not arguing that it... It makes sense I that am, you're a it, fan it, of dirt flavors. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there is nothing more transcendent than a peaty scotch and a bowl of... <laughs> 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 oh, well, so kind of as I've, I've alluded to, our topic for the show is not just going to be one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Arrested Development, but also kind of... The way that it portrays alcohol use and abuse and like whether or not that's a a realistic and I I don't want to get I I mean, this is going to take turns that are going to be almost essay ish, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, with this one right here sitting next to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I just like I want to I want us to like. You know, take a less, I don't know, angry look at it. I don't know. Like, I can't I can't figure out exactly what the phrasing is there. But, like, I would like for us to have a pretty, you know, realistic conversation, at least, about what Arrest Development says about alcohol use. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's not get too ahead of ourselves. The first thing I want to ask you guys is, what is it that you really like about Arrested Development? 
Because it's not the easiest show to <laughs> to like, I think. <laughs> well, I, I think that's actually what you just said. I, I think that's really interesting, and that's part of what I like about it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not a show. It's not hard to like Parks and Recreation, for example, and I think there's a lot of oh, similarities. No, We've actually talked about this on the podcast. They They share a lot of creative DNA, but Arrested Development really invites you to think about a story without necessarily thinking, do I like or do I dislike these characters? Because too often that seems to be this default reader reaction or reader response. This was good because I liked the characters or this was bad because I disliked it. Well, when you create a show where frankly, everyone is dislike, excuse me, everyone is unlikable and it's impossible to like anyone, then you need to start thinking about other sorts of things. And that's, that's maybe one way into thinking about why Arrested Development is interesting no one is really likable, but they're not so... <laughs> this is not like the British office where everyone is so villainous. They oh, don't yeah, have moments yeah. where they redeem themselves. And I right. think Arrested Development plays with that tension in really interesting ways because even characters like Lucille, she has these moments where even though you would probably think of her as someone who's deeply unlikable, she has moments where you understand what's motivating oh, her. Yeah. And while you may not like her, you understand. And I think it's a show that's that's maybe trying to do that, which is different because a lot of sitcoms, they thrust characters into this likable, unlikable camp. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And that's not that interesting to me. Yeah, I think that um, the show for me is one of those shows that I'm a big fan of, of of really smart writing, and Arrested Development I think does that better than any show, or absolutely, probably, 100%. probably any show uh, sitcom wise ever. Um, their narrative lines are just insane, and <laughs> and Hurwitz uh, Hurwitz must have like a, a like a whole room that's just whiteboards that he's written all this shit out on from the <laughs> from the get go, and. It's just really enjoyable, you know. Like my the, my earliest memories watching the show, it was talking about it with you and and John O and oh, and right. Rob and like all these. And so I have like a lot of good memories wrapped around the show. But if I like step out of that, I think it's just the writing. The characters are really really great and funny. Uh, the family dynamic works really well. I think the reason that it's so much better than British Office, uh, not that it's better like paralleled with it, but the characters. In the British office, there's always a lot of heft to them, like with Tim and 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 Pam. Is that her name? What's the British office, Pam? Her name's not Pam, but Brit- it's British Pam. British like Pam. Them <laughs> trying to <laughs> figuring out if they're going to be a thing, and like and yeah. like when like David Brent fires her, like that's a big sad thing. But there's never anything sad in Arrested Development unless you you make it that way. But but no, oh, I, but but <laughs> I think there's a lot of sadness in this. No, they could argue but, but too they, that. You could argue, too, that Job's entire storyline in season four is one of the saddest pieces of television. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just heart-wrenching <laughs> watching him go through some of those phases of his life. But at the well, same time... Well, I would time, even like, extend I, it and say... Sorry, I interrupted you. No, but. no, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I the only thing I was about to say was I, I, I think actually when you just pull back a little bit... Job's whole story is sad. There's there's nothing oh, yeah. <laughs> not sad about Job from the very I mean from the the for one of the first things we see is Job trying to persuade his father to get in the Aztec tomb and George <laughs> Sr. dismissing him. 
And that just begins this long four, five season journey where Job is perpetually disappointed because his dad doesn't love and appreciate him. <laughs> it's just there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you're right. And that is when, of course, when you say that, it's impossibly sad. But Hurwitz is good at, at, I guess, kind of pulling the wool over your eyes and not and not letting you out of that box so that. Even though all these moments are sad right after it, there's always a really stupid, like, Tobias fell down or something goofy happened. Well, you see, John, I I think that's really insightful, and I would even go as far as to say I think what makes this show so unique. So if you think about it in relationship with a show like Friends, for example— I, I, I think Friends, despite its deficiencies, has at times really smart writing, but the humor and the comedy and the world building, it's almost exclusive to what I would call dialogue utterances. So mm. so when characters say funny things, but with okay. Arrested Development, just take a situation like Job and Franklin. So not <laughs> only so not only is it just funny conceptually, but when we first meet Franklin, there's a flashback to when Job introduced Franklin. And then, and it goes even a step farther, he has his own music as well. It's just there's all of these different <laughs> layers yeah, yeah, yeah. of world building and storytelling that I don't think you see in a lot of shows where characters get their own songs and theme music, the way it bounces around, and that's part of that documentary style. I, I think in that way, it is wholly unique. And a lot of shows, they might borrow elements and components, yeah. but Arrested Development really has all of it and that's that's what I really like about yeah, it. Yeah, like if you took the Franklin storyline and you put that storyline in like uh, the American office with like Michael Scott doing it, it would be funny but at the end of the episode somebody would be like very concerned for his psyche and what he's doing and what he's going through <laughs> and like how depressed he is. But and that this, would be the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That would this, be the end of it. You know, Job has a has a black puppet, and it's <laughs> just great. As you said, Job has a therapy puppet. Job, Job has a therapy puppet, and everybody's cool with it. And I totally buy into that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's that's hundred percent that buy into that theory. That's yeah. that's John. That's that's one of my favorite arguments you've made is that Franklin is not only Job's therapy puppet, but he's also maybe Buster's therapy yeah, puppet. Yeah, or the families in general. He's yeah, just yeah. the family's therapy puppet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, it. I feel like we've kind of talked a little bit, and and not not in a. I don't know. Like we've talked a little bit negatively about it, <laughs> about the show as a whole. Like going, well, it has all these layers to it. Maybe not negatively, but in a way that isn't necessarily approachable to a first time viewer. Do you guys think that the show is approachable to a first time viewer? I think if you if you have the. Oh man, this is so hard. We've talked about this before. I mean, if you if you're okay with coming in at the beginning, then then absolutely. But if yeah. you if you come in anywhere else, probably not. I mean, it it rewards you for it's much like Game of Thrones. Like there's no way you jump into Game of Thrones like season 2 episode 4 and have any fucking idea what's happening, but like Arrested Development, you could at least yeah, it's the same thing. Like if you, if you don't mind not knowing the narrative, then sure. <laughs> but I think it is really, really hard for a first time viewer. And yeah, I've tried I, to, I like. Sorry, sorry, Colin. <laughs> no, 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 Perry. Please, please go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've I've tried to say to my wife before because my wife is not a big fan of Arrested Development, and I I've even said to her before I don't think you've seen the right episodes. <laughs> Which is like almost it's kind of the default notion about certain shows where we go, oh, it takes you a little bit of time to get into, you know, the whole story and the relatability with some of the characters. 
unfortunately, though, like in hindsight, I realize that that statement is just incorrect because you do have to really start from the ground up with Arrested Development. I mean, it requires 100% of your attention. And with that, too, and this kind of goes back to my reasons why I like Arrested Development so much, is that I could give 100% of attention in one episode to Michael, but that would mean that I would be losing 100% of attention or even going 50-50 between him and, say, George Michael or Tobias because all of these secondary or tertiary characters are constantly doing things that I haven't even noticed until, I mean, I've just gotten through, you know, however many, I don't even know what time it was that I've gotten through this, this show now. And I'm still noticing new things. And you, like, uh, like recently you guys were talking about, um, I mean, th- this has been a, a couple months ago, but, um, when Job is first starting to allude to the fact that he's dating Anne, and he says, my religion girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I mean, I just noticed that the first, for the very first time watching it like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and, and what, what you're talking about right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I would say something else that's worth thinking about. I'll, I'll start by saying, I think audiences in 2018, John mentioned Game of Thrones, and it's funny, you were talking about it, and I was thinking about it. I think audiences in 2018 have a fundamentally different understanding and relationship with television than they did in 2003. So if we take a step back and think about 2003, uh, television for the longest time was, was, if you think about this hierarchy of visual entertainment, there's there's visual art, there's film, and then there's TV, right? But today, Mm -hmm. my God, it's completely acceptable for Matthew McConaughey to do true detective and then win an Oscar for a film. This is not something that happened in the late nineties and early aughts. If you were a TV actor, regrettably you were a TV actor. If you were a film actor, then God help you. You, you, you didn't need to, 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 to debase yourself by doing television. (laughs) And there's a, there's a, a, a small handful of examples. Someone like George Clooney who did television in the nineties, but was able to transcend it. Because of that, I, I think if someone came to Arrested Development in 2018 and started at the beginning with shows like Game of Thrones and other shows that, again, just expect more from an audience. That's one yeah. of the notes I wrote down when I was looking through your questions and thinking about how mm-hmm. I would respond. Arrested Development asks more of an audience than maybe an audience was ready for in 2003. Yeah. But I think 15 years later, people are just, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. every, every well, Netflix think, show. And, and yeah, yeah. And that, too, I think that's important, too, to the format of the show itself is that it almost seems like and I it may just be a product of the culture as it is now, but it seems like it benefits more from being a bingeable show, quote unquote, (laughs) than it does a a show that you have to watch. Sorry, my wife just walked in Um, that you have to watch (laughs) week to week. No, she's she's gone. (laughs) Like I said, she's headphones. Yeah, she couldn't hear me. <laughs> you just shouted loudly. John, you know we've been recording for 40 minutes now, right? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's the, it's just, the wild turkey, man. Just now saying hello to me 40 minutes into the podcast. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think the bingeable quality is, uh, I, mm. I, I, I think that's fair, Perry. I think that's a really nice yeah. way to think about it because we spend a lot of time, especially in seasons one and two, talking about how, well, if you were watching this for the first time in 2003 and 2004, even though there was more consistency than I remember, I, I, I guess the narrative that I had constructed for myself was that Fox just, it was on Sundays and then it was on Tuesdays and then they created a whole new day just for an episode of Arrested Development and, and, and things were just so frenetic and chaotic, but it, it, it was still positioned in these places yeah. where it wasn't inviting to someone who wanted to watch, but now, my God, it's as easy as just going to Netflix and watching episode after episode exactly. after episode. And yep. and when, when people talk about Arrested Development and what made it popular long after it was canceled was really just DVDs, right? People, oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. buying the DVDs and just watching them incessantly, yeah. but that's something that's harder to track because we're talking about something that isn't digital, but something that's very material. But now Netflix knows how many people are watching mm. Arrested Development and binging it. And I, I think that's a great way to think about it, that in a binge culture, a show like Arrested Development is perfect. But it was made at least the first three seasons before we really started binging yeah. things. I mean, people probably watched it in, in the in 2003 era and was like, this is weird. This is <laughs> this is weird. Why do I need to watch this comedy show with these storylines? This is weird. Because like, whereas like a show like Malcolm in the Middle or even like. I think it was on the same time as the the Titus show. I think that came on right after that. But like it was these, there was a bit of overlap. Like I these comedies that yeah. didn't have a yeah. laugh track and and still, <clears throat> you know, had like a, a none of them have an over, overarching narrative. Maybe they had like two episodes that went back to back, and even like The Office has an overarching narrative, but it's like two seconds of an episode that that continues that narrative. The rest is just you know a bunch of gags and yeah. It was, it's it's it was weird. It was kind of like you know really really out of its element in two thousand three. Well, and, and and it's also about just thinking about how a television for the longest time was episodic, but it wasn't really serialized. And there's a yeah. big difference yeah, between those two because sure. now you can tell this big serialized <laughs> story because people can consume it differently. That's harder to do. You're 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 right. You were talking about Malcolm in the Middle or or. That '70s show or Titus, uh, it's not that it's not like Friends and Frasier didn't have these season-long arcs. They they did, but they were different and they required less. Yeah. And I, I would argue they had the, they were the kind of arcs that were so conventional. Will Frasier, for some reason sleep with this super attractive one. It's like, will Laura Linney decide to sleep with Frazier? It's like the answer should be no unambiguously, yeah. but somehow somehow he gets somehow it. he seals the deal. I don't know how, but it's like that's the but that's a really conventional narrative arc. You know, does the guy get the girl? But that's not what Arrested Development is doing. It's telling a fundamentally different kind of story. And I I, I think just to harken back to what we've said in this portion of the conversation <laughs> being able to consume it when you want to consume it. I think that makes all the difference. Yeah, sure. And, and as far as like a serialized or, or episodic, you know, tri style of storytelling goes, I think that's why, and despite all of its faults, I think that's why season four of the show actually does kind of work in a way. Um, you know, it, it, it takes the time to, and <laughs> Did you, did you sigh at me, John Phelps? I did. I sighed. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and and I think that I think that too. Um, we we might have to add in a little bit of a question here too. What is it that separates the you know the original run of Arrest Development from its Netflix run? Um, 
because I think that's an important part of, you know, the conversation behind what makes this show work or doesn't work. But um, what, what I'm getting at is that despite the fact that season four has its faults, <clears throat> it does take the time to make you feel like you understand each character a little bit better. Um, yeah. And sure. it, I, I can it, get behind that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, whereas each... <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Each season of the Fox run focused on the Bluth family because that's what it was. That's what every episode told you at the very beginning. This is the story of a man who tried to keep his family together, whereas the original run of season four, um, the original cut, as it's now being called, um, was about how everybody had to exist outside of the family of, of the Bluths. And I think that, you know where all of those stories converge is what makes Arrested Development so interesting to me. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's... No, That's I, I think that's actually beautifully said because at the end of season three, Michael, it, it doesn't seem that important, but he he offers what I would describe as a kind of promise or injunction for what will come next. He says to George Michael let's let them take care of themselves for a while. Which, if you wanted to read that as, as like something almost prophetic, that explains why season four looks and feels the way it does. Because after season three, Michael wasn't there to take care of everyone. So they were left to just fend for themselves. And I, I think you're right, Perry. I, I think it's too often as viewers or readers or audience members, we get really upset when something doesn't feel like the way we think it should feel. <laughs> and we, we, we're only about halfway through the original run of season four. But what I found is that it's much better than I remember, but the, the floor is a lot lower. So those, those <laughs> George senior episodes in particular just don't work as well. And that's okay. I'm, I'm open to the idea that arrested development isn't a perfect show, especially with, with yeah. episodes like that. But we, we've talked about that. And, and I think that is what makes it better that we found faults in it. And, and we're not just rabid fanboys, even though we are pretty big fanboys. <laughs> sure. Uh, this is my first time actually watching season four the whole way through. Um, How far into I, it I are you, John? Where we're at right now, so episode seven, oh, okay. I think. Um, we finished okay. seven episodes, yeah. Yeah, and seven I'm, just came out yesterday, right? Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah as yeah. as of as of recording. <laughs> Sorry, yes, yeah. yeah, as recording, yeah. Uh, and and it's one of those things where initially I I think I was really stuck up about it, and and I was like, this isn't my Arrested Development. I want the old stuff, and <laughs> I don't know who this character is. That's like old timey Willie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he lives in that part of Kentucky. Yeah, that doesn't he lives, have he lives in Kentucky. Yeah. I like what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Rick House, no. please get back yeah. into <laughs> Rick really likes Arrested Development. Rick loves Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do think that, like I, I mean, I've said before, I'm, I'm not a fan of some of the comedy, and, and I do think that a couple episodes have been very weak, but narratively, um, what they're doing is really interesting. Like you said, I mean, it, maybe the comedy's not there, but the storylines that Mitch Hurwitz is trying to weave together to dovetail together it's really good, and he's doing a good job with it, and and I think that ultimately is is making me um, is making me able to 
survive watching this season. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we and, and I am enjoying well, it. We, yeah. we we talked about this in the last episode that that what Horowitz is maybe trying to say about family is that try as you might, and Michael has tried on so many different occasions. We've seen it in flashbacks. <laughs> try as you might to extricate <clears throat> yourself from your family. You just can't do it. And in the first three seasons, yeah. that was that was quite literal. Michael was just there with his family. But what we're seeing in season three is something slightly different where they unbeknownst to one another, just happen to be occupying the same spaces. Yeah. So I, I, I think even <clears throat> though season four looks different, I, I think Hurwitz is still grappling with a similar theme, yeah, which is yeah. which is what I like. This yeah, seems to be the one absolutely. big idea that he has about family with Arrested Development, mm-hmm. and he's just presenting it differently in season four. Yeah, well said. Well, I still don't think that we're able to... like. It still seems like we're kind of talking a little bit nebulously about Arrested Development and and not necessarily in the most positive way either. But do you guys think that you'd be able to sell Arrested Development to somebody who's never seen it before? And and like my pitch to them has always been, well, it's a guy who comes from a super rich family who doesn't necessarily feel or want to be super rich, but he's trying to deal with the loss of his family's assets and humor ensues, you know. I, I and think it's if, a, if you could, if you could say that, picture like a, the straight guy in somebody playing the straight man in the Trump family, <laughs> and film that. <laughs> that's what this show is. I mean, it's it's that's I, what this is. You yeah, put, put the straight guy in the Trump family make Eric a fucking magician, and that's all the show is. <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know the 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 <laughs> political affiliation of your listeners, and I, I I don't mean to offend anyone. But if you're uh, someone hey, who if yeah, you're someone who try pays to stay atten- as loose as possible, but <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, if 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 you pay attention to politics, <laughs> and if you're under any circumstances unnerved by the shenanigans <laughs> of our president, <laughs> just imagine that, but not a tragedy but a comedy yeah. and, and 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 because because Hurwitz always talked about how arrested <clears throat> development was a riches to rags story so if, oh, yeah. if 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 you're and, and that's what i also think is quite that's quite perfect. yeah i mean yeah. that's that's what i think is quite palatable about the show is that this is a show that's taking a family that has experienced a kind of wealth and privilege and it's just utterly tearing them down. And it's not its not a system outside of them that's tearing them down. It's their own foibles and misdeeds. And yeah. there's something yeah. not only satisfying about it, but something quite <laughs> funny and silly about it. Because I, I guess the question I always ask is, well, how were they able to fail up this far? Yeah, they just constantly fell. <laughs> and, they just, and, and, and it's like, that's the story of Trump. That's what his fucking biography should be. <laughs> I, I fell I up to the top and he just, he ended up, I mean, that's, that's how I would sell the show. Really. I mean, not trying to be political. Obviously you kind of know where my beliefs lie, but, uh, I think if you, if you'd said to <laughs> anyone too far into it, I hope <laughs> wouldn't you like to see like the behind the scenes of this crazy or like this crazy administration and have one dude who's like the moral compass, try to keep it together. That's what the show is. And I think, Selling it that way is a lot better than saying, well, there's this happy, there's this, like, guy who's trying to be a good son, and his family's awful, and, I mean, it's like, it'd be hard for me to just 
like well, like synopsis the whole thing out. It's I mean, and, and 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 I guess we when we talk about other shows, especially with the first three seasons, shows that were more successful. I we also talk about <laughs> Frasier a lot, and I, I think uh, I think a lot of people really misread Frasier, and oh, they yeah, think yeah. it's a show that is celebrating that kind of lifestyle. And I think the correct yeah, way to think absolutely. about a show like Frasier is to think it's actually satiring that kind of lifestyle. 100%. Arrested Development is doing something quite similar, but it's not so it's not so flirtatious about it. Oh, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it. It basically, I mean, if you watch Arrested Development and think, wow, what a great family, you clearly missed something. <laughs> but I could totally see how you could watch Frasier and think, oh, those smug assholes. But but there's there's a little more subtlety with Frasier and less subtlety with Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's maybe how, how I, because I think it's trying to tell a kind of story that a lot of sitcoms <clears throat> don't tell. This isn't about, this isn't a coming-of-age story. This isn't about a group of 30-somethings in the city. This isn't about... Uh, I mean, it is about family, but it's not about, oh, these people are just together and my God, they can't get away from one another. There's elements of that, but there's something else very specific. The, the, the kind of uh, social, political and economic underpinnings to this show that I think have become increasingly relevant, at least in 2018. That's, that's maybe how I would try to sell the show. Yeah. At the end of season three, you know, we, I talked about how I think that Arrested Development is like the best look into what the American dream's supposed to be, and I still kind of stand by that. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 super <clears throat> broken, and and you're constantly you think you're you're you think you're going somewhere, and the whole time your wheels have been spinning the entire time, and and um, <laughs> you know people stab each other in the back to do what they need, even family, and I mean I think that's really what it is. If you want to look at Friends, Friends is this idea of what perfection would be for like an American dream, but Arrested Development's really kind of what it is. Well, I mean, and, and, sure. and it's funny that you use a, that you use an idea like the American dream, because I would say this is something that was litigated and relitigated countless times in the 20th century by some of the most canonical figures in literature, like F. Scott Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. The Great Gatsby is, is a story about how false the American dream is. Yeah, Death yeah. of a Salesman is a story about how false the American dream is. John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men is a story about how false the American dream is. But none of those are funny. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, I mean, right. imagine if, if someone wanted to critique the American dream, but they wanted to satire it and not dramatize it. I, I think that's maybe Perfect. what you're getting yeah. with Arrested Development. Yeah. I'm just imagining now the Bluths in the 1920s in the style of... <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so good. Oh, Lucille the totally works. I mean, I, I think that's... Lucille's perfect. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Is, so is George Sr. They're George Sr., 100% is, yeah. And, and, like, Joe would be, like, a medicine man who's, like, selling his weird <laughs> potions out on the street. <laughs> hey, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? So you, we're we're good, right? <laughs> Look at how much yes is in you. This is something we talked about in the last episode, at least as we're recording this. It's I I I, I just I was I was unnerved by how loudly it appeared as if Will Arnett was shouting into Michael Sarah's <laughs> face. Yeah, he was screaming. Look at how much yes is in you. It's it's really solid comedy. So, um. Well, I feel like we've harped a little bit on season four, but how much have you guys actually watched season five so far? Because that's just come out. And like, 
to me, it was kind of a return to form for the Arrested Development equation, for for lack of a better phrase. Like, it felt yeah. more like, you know, here's this family, here's how they try to get through X, Y, and Z problems, as opposed to here is each individual member of, uh, of the family. But what, what, do you, what have you guys felt about season five so far? Yeah, I've, I've only watched about uh, 11 minutes of it, so I don't really have... <laughs> I can't really say anything about it. You're supposed Mary, to be the professional finished, here, John. I haven't finished season four. I'm trying to do it in order. But but Colin watched it, and, and Colin kind of uh, echoed what you said. He said that it's kind of a return to form, and yeah. I think you said a couple episodes were a little weak, but the middle that middle chunk mm-hmm. was really good. And uh, Episodes three and four yeah. are, are... If... If you dislike season four because you thought it departed from a particular format that you thought worked, yeah. then you'll definitely like episodes three and four. Um, it It's not such a departure from season four because they really continue at least a lot of the stories. Uh, Rebel Alley and Ron Howard's yeah. whole family, including Bryce Dallas Howard, appears in season oh, five. Oh, John, so, you have so, no idea. It's so yeah. funny. It's oh my nuts. gosh! Um, <laughs> there's maybe a moment when George Michael is trying to alienate Rebel's family by dyeing his hair red, and they just love it. So he takes a what? selfie with them. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's trying. He's trying to dye his hair pink. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, and sorry. it turns yeah. out red. It, oh, because no. maybe he uh, left it in too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Howard Red. Yeah. <laughs> And I just think Ron Howard, like, as the narrator says that at one point, he was Howard Red. It's Howard Red. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, the the only thing I would say, I've, I've only watched each episode once. Um, I I think the funnier episodes are probably funnier than anything in season four. And it it feels like a course Mm. correction, I guess, is the best way to describe it. But what's also maybe a bit. So did did the remix of season four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. cool. Um, The only thing I would say, though, is because it was it was truncated because it was really stopped before it finished. It's difficult to know what they want to do with it. So I'm. And I know we'll talk about it at some point because, my God, we do a podcast about it. But um, (laughs) I, I think I want to reserve something of a blanket judgment or criticism until I, I see what Hurwitz is doing with all of this, because when he announced it initially in May, the implication was you're getting all of season five. And then we learned it's only half, which is fine, but it's, it's, it feels like half of <laughs> do something. You know, do you know why? Is it like a tambour issue? Is it like a Porsche de Rossi issue? I, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what he could do. Because uh, so Portia Durazi has retired and she has a very small arc in season five. But you can all you need to do is say to someone. So Portia Durazi didn't want to do this. And you can start to see and feel how he was trying to work his way around it. Um, But they lead up to it like they're trying to evolve her storyline in season five. And if that's the case, then weird we're in we're in a lot of trouble with the second half of season five <laughs> yeah i, I think to, you're right not to we're, freak you out too much there john in a bit of but... trouble <laughs> and and that's that's all i would say is that it feels my my reaction to it is not unlike anyone's reaction to watching half or reading half of something well this seems promising, but you only read Eat and Pray. Not I haven't love. read the other half or watched the other half, so I I can't really say. 
I only watched until Don Corleone was in the hospital, and then after that, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I know. After that, uh, I know. It's like it's, not even gonna believe I mean, it. I, I just I will reserve judgment on The Godfather until I see the second half. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this might be the like a, like we've been talking about a little bit of a heavier portion of the show, but how how do you guys feel like Arrested Development frames alcohol use? And like, I don't mean to like attack our listenership <laughs> in any way. Yeah, but like bunch our, of louses listen to this show. Yeah. But, like, we always try to encourage smart, healthy, and appropriate drinking habits. Sure. You know, everything is okay in moderation. <laughs> I think I think it, as far as the show goes, um, I think they're all kind of hitting that, except for Lucille, who <laughs> is, Air is an, an absolute, yeah, an absolute uh, drunkard of a person. She... <laughs> Wakes up at four, starts drinking at four fifteen. Yeah, zip me up and then get me a vodka. Yeah, uh, I think. Have you seen how he's zipping like, me up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Look he, how he zips now. The yeah, show that's never what really, it is. Like the, the show doesn't approach it as like a ever like a serious thing. It's always used as like some type of comedic framing. I think. And, Boy, and I might, I might push back against that a little bit. Do you bit. think the I show? Actually, yeah, actually would too. I, I think with, honestly, I think with Job and uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll say this. I think with Job and Lindsay, I, well, I think there's a way that alcohol is used in popular entertainment as a kind of uh, medicinal intervention for uh, depression or dissatisfaction. So think about a show like House, for example. So why does House always abuse substances? Well, he's super sad. And I well, think he's with, in a shitload of pain, too. Well, his legs don't fair, work. Colin. Fair enough. But, but <laughs> if you're paying attention, it's not just the leg pain. It's the emotional pain. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I think with, with Lindsay and Job in particular, I think it's about they they drink because they're sad. Yeah, but I don't think they drink that much in the show. Mm-hmm. Enough for me to notice and say, oh, that's sad. Really? Well, I, Perry, I, dis- do you I think disagree with you. Uh, no, please. Yeah, I, please, I disagree please with you, yeah. actually. And and the reason is that we... So, so here's my take on it. My take on it is that Job drinks because that's what he has seen... And and to a lesser extent, his father, and to a, a a greater extent, his mother, has seen them drink constantly. So you guys have talked a lot about how we see Job at the model home in the original run at maybe, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning with a glass of whiskey in his hand. You know, and that to me indicates that he just feels like that is what's normal. Whereas... So so it's the fine line between implicit and explicit. I think Job falls into the implicit category while Lindsay falls into the explicit category. And that's established in season three where she is told or we, we learned that she's been told by her mother. <laughs> as soon as a bottle of vodka is opened, it's going to go bad. <laughs> and so you have to drink all of it. <laughs> I don't mean to like laugh and belittle that notion, but like no, I, mean, I think that's you one should. Of the funnier that's that's the silliest bit of nonsense I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. absolutely. And then Michael turns around and goes, "How long you been at this?" To his mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. 
I mean, I yeah. So so I, I think with characters like Lindsay and Job, there's nothing really new here. They're they're doing what a lot of popular entertainment does with alcohol. What I think is unique is is what the show does with Lucille because Lucille yes. drinks more than anyone else. But mm-hmm. we're not led to believe that she's doing it because she's sad or that she's doing it because she's had a bad life or that <laughs> she's doing it because she's uh, perhaps dissatisfied with her particular situation because presumably this is just who Lucille is. Lucille drinks because Lucille enjoys being drunk. And what I think yeah. is interesting about it is this is a show that's trying to suggest <laughs> this is a character who has absolutely no compunction about just enjoying something that she knows everyone else thinks she shouldn't. And it's, it's, it's so fascinating in that way, because I would argue as viewers, we don't know what to do with someone who just unapologetically enjoys anything in excess because Perry, you, you said this a moment ago, everything should be uh, consumed in moderation, whether it's, it's a, liquor or books or pornography or sex or just pick your thing, right? It's like, just, just, just be, be balanced about it. But with Lucille, she enjoys how, how much excess there is. And that's what I think is fascinating. And I told John before we started recording, I might mention Cersei from Game of Thrones. I think this is, (laughs) and you did within the first five minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I think this is part of what I like about Cersei is that she just enjoys things in excess unapologetically and we just don't know what to do with that and and that's oh fuck off (laughs) Cersei (laughs) see I would argue against that though in that it's like Lucille to me reads like she is functioning based off of alcohol as opposed to enjoying it you know like like Michael Michael okay so I don't remember exactly which episode it is but <laughs> Lucille's in the model home and goes, get me a vodka rocks. And Michael goes, mom, it's breakfast. And she goes, and a piece of toast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> actually the Buster my... Keaton fall episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it oh, is. Oh, that's the, least. okay, um, that's uh, the one where they build the house. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's in season yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the, that's the name of the episode that Colin. I mean, is, is there two. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, Colin, <laughs> dumbass. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, is there is there anything is there anything different between like Lucille and Don Draper apart from Don Draper's uh, mopey a mopey bastard? Well, and Lucille's not. But but I yeah I I I think because of Don Draper's history, I think part of what Mad Men tries to do is it tries to unpack where Don Draper came from, and I think with someone like Don Draper, there well, is a use Sterling use any of the people in that show. Well, sure, sure, <laughs> but I, I, I guess I guess what I would say as well is within a show like Mad Men, whether this is true or not, it wants to establish this notion that this is just culturally acceptable behavior in the same way that just everyone carrying smartphones today is culturally acceptable behavior. The difference is that in a show like Arrested Development, on all sides, Lucille is being told. This is not acceptable, but she just keeps doing it anyway because she enjoys doing it. I I, I think that's the difference. I think it would be different if everyone else was drinking as much as she was, but no one else is doing that. I mean, but you got to think that she started drinking around that time as much as everyone else did. Okay, and and she just kind of she's not that old. Well, I mean, let's say 70s then. 
Okay, late seventies, probably. Sure. Right? I mean, I mean, even she was a dancer in the in the USO win. That's true. Yeah. So like that would have been around in probably Vietnam. around that time. Yeah. <laughs> well, but when I think of so Mad yeah, Man, Vietnam exactly. When so I right think of Mad Men, I, I think of I think of fifties. That's not what fifties sixties. When did the Coke ad air? That's the end of Mad Men. No, I, that 60s, was right. Mad Men. Mad Men took place late late fifties, early sixties. Okay, so we're like five years off. Regardless, I think mm-hmm. she has got in that. I think she's gotten that mindset I, and stayed that mindset. I can see mindset. that, though. I can see because that, Because she's though. never, nobody's, like, the only time <laughs> that Colin we, takes that, a sip of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> the only time that we see her, like, drink, I don't know. I mean, I, the only times I can think of her drink, she, she's never gotten drunk, I don't think, on the show. They've never seen her, like, Oh, I just assumed she was drunk all the time. Well, no, because, like, a, a good example would be... I just assumed there was, like, a base level she has, like, intoxication the whole time. She has, like, that Marion Ravenwood fight scene with Kitty where she drinks her under the table. Well, yeah, but... And then when she's done, she gets up. Oh, like, man. She's the soberest person alive. Well, like, but, but she had been in rehab, so she might have been sober for the first time in several decades. Or maybe for, like, 15 hours, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I guess... I, I mean, but, I see what you're both saying. Okay, cool. I totally get it. I just don't, I don't feel that way about it. I do think that don't, don't be a drunkard. Obviously that's something that I shouldn't have to say, but also I think that loose, that's just part of Lucille's character. It's like, yeah, if she's not hanging out with a martini in her hand, you're like, what's wrong with Lucille? Well, I I guess the, the, the the only thing I would (laughs) say is, I mean, clearly alcohol is being used as a kind of symbol or metaphor here. I I think what alcohol is ultimately being, at least with Lucille, what it's being used to signify is a kind of excessive enjoyment that, Characters like Michael just don't know what to do with because Michael is someone yeah. who... And Michael gets drunk, though. That's the difference. Well, but Michael gets drunk from time to time. But Rarely. I, but I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's rare. But the point I'm trying to make is Michael is someone, and we've talked about this, who has a complicated relationship with enjoying things. Oh, yeah, sure. And, and, and for Lucille, yeah. drinking is about enjoyment. It's a kind of unapologetic enjoyment. And she and again unlike job or lindsay there's there's no sense that she's doing this because she is trying to forget a bad thing that's happened it's just no i enjoy drinking and i enjoy being drunk and i know it's not acceptable but i don't give a fuck and i think there's something quite fantastic about a character who just enjoys unapologetically I, I think that i agree with you and but i also think that in the context and the world of the oc that is arrested development <laughs> don't call it that don't call it that um i think that 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 is completely accepted for lucille to drink all okay the time. I, I think that if you like if it was real world sure but this is a world where you know they eat macaroon and see ostriches yeah and, but, I, but i i mean but i guess saying I say, like uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it, if it was like Mad Men in 2018. I don't know what you got, but all I saw was a vision of an ostrich and no bone. <laughs> no bone. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I, I would just say, I mean, the the only the only context we're given is uh, Lucille too, who doesn't drink at all. Stan Sitwell doesn't seem to abuse alcohol. I don't think I've ever seen George Senior drink under any circumstances. There, there's something about Lucille. No, 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 no. I was thinking about that today, actually. Is I I don't think I've seen. Even in season four, when he's actually in the penthouse, I don't think that he had a drink in his hand or near him. And I mean, sure, he spent most of his time in, quote unquote, lockdown. But even when he's out of it, when he's in the in in the penthouse under house arrest, 
I don't think even once he had alcohol. I, I can't I think, think of a time may- that George Seniors drank. I haven't either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, and I'd have to go back and, and check it. He might have been holding a glass of champagne when he was to- toasting, excuse me, at the very beginning of episode one when he was saying, here's who's <laughs> taking over the blues company. Yeah, but I, I mean, and and I think you would probably say the same thing. There's a difference between having a glass of champagne at a ceremony and doing whatever the hell it is Lucille does every single day. So, yeah. I mean, I think like Lucille's martini is akin to like Darth Vader's like red lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just it's just something that she is required to have. That's all really the time. funny. Yeah, no, I know. She, she like, forged it in um, um, whatever it's. I, I can't even think of it. Sorry, that was a, a joke. No, I think that's. I think that's really Mustafar. Like, there we go. That's yeah, really clever, yeah. John. Yeah, I, I, that's I think exactly what it is. Right. She's like, if you don't see her with alcohol, that's when you get concerned. There's there's something wrong here. Yeah, but, but no, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that if you take a step back and look at it, of course, I'm going to agree with you, but. In the context of the show, I'm like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Truly, I mean, it's just. Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it either. I want to be clear. No, I think that's one of the. I think that's one of the more interesting parts of the show is that it allows someone like Lucille to enjoy something that she probably shouldn't enjoy sure. as unapologetically as she does. And and we don't yeah. have to get into this, and I don't think we should because I know we're well <laughs> over an hour, but I think there's something important <laughs> about a woman of her age enjoying this the way she does, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not well, going to argue. Okay, so last couple of questions before we get into the review then of the episode. Um, you guys, uh, up until season four, had... Um, <clears throat> the banana stand award, which was who is the, the craziest blue. Yeah. And so I have to ask, who do you guys think is the all time banana stand award winner? Oh man, that one's rough. <laughs> I actually have some, <laughs> I, I think like, I wrote some things down. I, I, I didn't write anything down. I'm more of an off the cuff individual. Um, <laughs> also <laughs> listeners, if you haven't watched off the cuff, it's a wonderful segment on John's, YouTube channel, <laughs> that is nice true. marmot production. <laughs> yeah, I was plugging my channel. The synergy is amazing at this point. I think that I could probably. Are you going to say Job or are you going to say Michael? Because I think those are the two that you might say. You say what you want to say, and I'll I, say what I, I want. I'm going to gonna say Job. Um, I do think Michael goes real off the rails this season. <clears throat> lives with his son in a college dorm. Uh, you mean season four? F- season four. Yeah, sorry. Uh, fake, yeah. fake. No, it's okay. Produ- Produces fake produces his family's movie, thinks he's banging Ron Howard's uh, mistress. mistress, but it's really his daughter, <laughs> and also his, his illegitimate uh, daughter, and also his son's banging her too. Job's made uh, out with her. Job's made out with her. Yeah. He tries to he tries to use fuck Lucille Alstero for money. Um, so like he's done a lot of bad things, but overall I have to just give it to Job. Okay, I mean from the outset the man's done just the weirdest stuff, and and this season. <laughs> He he like has a colony of sad bees. He is a beads? is a <laughs> beads? Beads. He thinks that uh, <laughs> we're still talking about beads. <laughs> he's like he's like a fifty year old in an entourage of twenty year old people, like Boy, a singer. He has a twenty year old's abs though. He does. He's let ri- me tell you <laughs> that. Oh my oh. god. He does a crucifixion gag. Yeah, trick. he does. Yeah. Uh, he he I mean but that's just this season. Like, previously, yeah. he, like, you know, sank the boat by blowing it up. He 
um, faked a trick. His dad died, and the first thing that came to mind was, I'm going to do a trick for it. Right. Um, he he <laughs> wants to go into prison, so he swallows a key, and then he has to puke it out, but he can't. Um, he's, he's terrible to Marta. He he bangs the dude that he thinks Michael likes. Um, there's so many oh, things. Nosh, Nosh Begalia. Nosh Begalia. Yeah, yeah. Nosh Begarmat. Um, I, I think yeah. that... <laughs> He's got. I mean, we hadn't even mentioned like Franklin. Like the whole Franklin thing is just out of this world. The, I, the magician stuff. Apparently, he fucks Tony Wonder. I found that out. So like, yes, he does. There's a whole. Oh lot no, that, you that, found that out already? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I John. watched 11 minutes of season five, and that's yeah. what's in oh, the first oh, 11 well, minutes. Um. So I I I wrote Job down okay. as well. Yeah. Um. But I, I think my. I mean, that's that's one of them that I wrote down because of. Franklin, I mean, Franklin's insane. My God, he needs a therapy <laughs> puppet. But I actually chose Tobias. I was well, thinking about... I, I mean, I don't... Tobias, I think, always wins. Sure. Okay, I, sorry. <laughs> I thought that you meant, like, without Tobias. Okay, sorry. The guy was a fucking blue man. Yeah, so, I like, mean, let's he, just... He, just, he just kind of blows this curve, I guess. Yeah, um, he does. But I, I, when I was thinking about your question, Perry, I, I thought, well, I mean, it has to be Tobias, right? My God, he he... He thinks he's a mole, but he thinks that's an audition, so he rents God a damn. mole costume. Every and time, and he, he attacks a small city, and you can actually hear this. He's saying, I'm a mole. And, and I, I mean, I, I think it's just, I think. I'm sorry. I think to, it's like one of my favorite parts of that season. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's nuts that he does that. And it still holds up. I, I think it's Tobias. I, I, I would say Tobias, yeah. Who do you think, Perry? I, well, I got to be honest with you. I'm right between the two of y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's between like, Job I, and Tobias? <laughs> Joe Bias. I'm Joe Bias. Joe Bias. Joe yeah, Bias. yeah. There, there it is. Yeah. Joe Bias, a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Like, no, you and, could definitely and, you could argue Michael all day long. I think. Sure. I don't know. Well, a, a couple of months ago, I would have argued Buster. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Simply because yeah. of his regression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, he has fallen off the wagon. Also, there's a great joke, and I don't know if you've you've gotten to it yet, Colin, but there's a great joke in um, season five where George Michael goes back to the model home <laughs> and he just starts to dive into his, his past and <laughs> he walks in and, and Ron Howard narrator goes, and, and George Michael uh, went into what can only be described as, and there's this voiceover that goes, total regression. <laughs> <laughs> Where he just goes back through, like, all of the first three seasons of Arrested Development and goes, oh, oh, my gosh, the guy, oh, and he lo- like opens the box from... Um, the the uh, creation of Adam scene. <laughs> oh wow! With the little and, penis. and he goes, yes. He goes. I I don't remember it being that small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I don't mean to ruin that for you. But it's so freaking funny. <laughs> anyway, um, I I would have said Buster a couple months ago, but like I'm I'm so firmly planted between Tobias and Job. That I don't know if I can make a, a firm decision <laughs> one way or another <laughs> because they're so 
off the wall. They're so like out there as characterizations of these notions of, you know, one is down on their luck and the other is Job. But no, <laughs> um, the, the other is, you know, trying to make their way in a world that doesn't want to accept them. Um, it's difficult to know no, which is which, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they're always trying to, you know, establish themselves. And, and it might be like I'm also leaning towards who do I admire the most? <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, in I mean, show. <laughs> I think that has to be Tobias, though, like because at least T- Tobias has a, a positive outlook on everything. Sure. Yeah. And so and so even when he fails miserably, he doesn't see it that way. He never sees it that way. And I, and I think that is it would be amazing if like all the Bluths could have that. I think they'd be doing a lot better because Tobias can fail and be like, oh, you know, I'll keep going. It doesn't matter. I think that's pretty <laughs> remarkable for Tobias. I mean, even though he is a lunatic, but he well, still sure. has a, yeah. a, a, a cheery disposition, I guess. He certainly has a cheery disposition. <laughs> yeah, that's I'll, important I'll, in the I, context I, of this show. Well, I, mean, I, I, I didn't. I was. I wasn't trying to suggest that it isn't important. But at least he. At least. At least Tobias genuinely <laughs> cares about debris. And Joe has not care. cared about anything ever. Oh, that's not true. Except for that's not true his at dad all. loving him. Oh, that's not true. He cares what about else? a lot of things. What else has he cared about besides his dad's love? Well, I mean, that's one Franklin. thing. Franklin, he loves oh, Franklin. I think he... I think <laughs> Both he, are the worst. I think he genuinely <laughs> loves Michael and wants Michael to love him. I, I mean, I can get behind I mean, that. You, yeah. Sure. I mean, you look at that... It, and he loves his magic. with Kitty? <laughs> He loves I, Kitty. Th- okay, he doesn't. Yeah, he, but no. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a couple of things that Job loves. No, no, you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> objectively, <laughs> objectively, you're wrong. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Well, Welcome to the things I cut out of the Hop Ons <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Whatever. Welcome to How the Sausage is Made behind... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's right. Okay, well, that's a, about as much as I have for you guys on uh, the, the topic of Arrested Development. Before we actually get into our bourbon review, um, which is uh, Wild Turkey 81 proof. And um, so we, we've reviewed Wild Turkey 101 on the show before, but it seems to me like Wild Turkey 81, which is just kind of their standard wild turkey um, offering, shows up in, <laughs> in in Arrested Development quite a bit. And does it really? It, like, it, it really does. Um, so I, I've noticed it, and this is just kind of a product of me being aware of brands, not just as um, a, a bourbon lover, but also as a graphic designer. <laughs> um, oh, you're a graphic designer? I am, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, I didn't know that, Perry. We didn't know I that. Am. We'll talk to you about stuff after this is over. Yeah, what do you what do you think of our logo? The Hop Ons podcast? Yeah. I actually really like it. Awesome. Colin made it. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. I am not a graphic designer. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I feel good about things now. No, I okay. I would actually do something a little bit different with it, but that would just no, be tell me. Tell me what you would do differently. Tell, tell us right now. I love constructive okay. criticism. Okay, so Ooh. I would take 
the actual hop on podcast word, put it at the top of your your logo for the show, and then underneath it have kind of line art for the um the stair car. Oh, I'll think about that, Perry. Can Thank you, you. Can you do that, <laughs> Colin? We'll find out. Oh, okay. Uh, guys, I'll I shoot it to Perry you. and let him do it. So no, I could I could do it for okay, you. Okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> look forward to the new Hop Ons podcast logo brought to you by Perry, whose last name I don't know. <laughs> it's Ritter. It's Ritter. Yeah. Ritter. Ritter. <laughs> like John. And your brother's name is Dane. How Your on family earth has do you the, know that? Has the coolest. I listened to a podcast. You had him on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. John <laughs> Facebook stalked you. <laughs> I'm outside, Perry. I was like, what on earth? How did I'm, you know? I'm in yeah, your driveway. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Open the door, Perry. That's a pretty cool name, though. Dane Ritter. Dane. It's a great name. Dane and Perry are good names. I mean, these are. So, I, I think it's actually the, the last name. I can't think of a first name that wouldn't work with the last name Ritter. Um, John, I, Jason. John Ritter. John Ritter's a great name. <laughs> no, you, you could totally. Man. He's also an yeah, actor, you, but no, I know that. I'm well aware. Okay. Of you could <laughs> totally John star. Jason. I mean, if your name was John Ritter, I you know could, it's his son. You could totally star <laughs> in an action movie film franchise. Um. Anyway, I'm so sorry. We got so derailed. So Wild Turkey well, no, is in okay. Arrested Development. Wild Turkey is yeah, in Arrested sorry, Development. Sorry, uh, Dane. No, it's okay. Or Perry, whoever you are. I'm Perry. I'm Perry. Dane's my brother. Dane's the poet out of the two of us. <laughs> oh yeah, I I stalk, I did stalk his Twitter. He is a poet. <laughs> no, he's no, no, Colin. He legit is. Like, is he, he really a poet? Yeah. Whoa. Seriously. Okay. Yeah, I, my younger well, brother is a is a published poet. Well, I would love to read his poetry and, and possibly incorporate it like into my classes. Real uppity about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> How would I, if I was uppity about it, that means it's good, I guess, based on the paradigm that you just established. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uppity about it. Your poetry's awesome, Dane Ritter. <laughs> anyway, we got really off the rails. Sorry. The graphic design thing threw me off. Okay. I just want to go. Well, I want to go back to school for that, and I'm interested in it. So that's why. Well, anyway, as a designer, as a bourbon enthusiast, um, I've noticed like at, at there's a specific episode. I think it's the one where they're trying to. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. I think it's the one where they build the house. I can't remember exactly, but they're wheeling um, boxes of liquor out of. <laughs> the penthouse oh okay and there's a whole oh, that, a, there's a, a whole case that's yeah that's that's the episode where job's talking about the thirty thousand dollar suit yeah okay okay yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah well that they wheel out like i mean it's like six cases high but one of them is wild turkey <laughs> okay. um yeah um turkey is always on the bar at the uh at the model home um or just okay. about oh, always there Okay. Um, wow. Okay, we have not paid attention to this. Wow, man. Yeah, and I think actually in season four, um, John, I, I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but there's an episode where maybe goes to the bar, <laughs> and she actually goes, "Give me a wild turkey." I, it, I, I don't remember if it's neat or on the rocks, but she asked for it. Um, oh, wow. oh no, okay. I haven't. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, awesome. It feature, yeah, it features pretty prominently in the show. Um, so, so wild Turkey is of course a kind of heritage brand, um, in Kentucky. It has been around, 
I think since like the uh, 50s or 60s. Wow. Their current master distiller, Jimmy Russell, is early 90s <laughs> to Holy late shit. 80s. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and his son, Eddie, is uh, uh, in line to take over as their next ma- uh, master distiller. Um, wow. Oh, this says Eddie they, Russell. This one says Eddie. Yeah, so Eddie Russell actually just um, took over as being the master distiller, I think. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like wow. I have a, tur- uh, a bottle of Turkey 101 right here that still says um, Jimmy Russell. I don't. You guys probably can't see it. Oh, cool. Um, no, we actually saw it at that time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, great. <laughs> I don't know if I still look like a Blade Runner robot. No, you or do. Not, yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, it's okay. You currently do, but it's okay. It, okay it's like great. what happens is you talk a lot and the frame freezes. And then it's like a weird David Cronenberg movie happens and <laughs> 400 frames go at once and then you show up in real life. And that's what well, happens. Hi, I'm waving right now. I don't know if you can see Hello. me or not, but I'm waving. No, we can't at no. all. At some no. point. Okay. There you go. There you go. Oh, my God. It was like five okay. million awesome. miles an hour. <laughs> can I ask, like, okay. is, is wild turkey considered like a low-end bourbon? So, un- unfortunately, turkey does tend to be considered lower tier um that what was that he's opened the bourbon. Was that the cork i don't want that much dude seriously i'm already sweaty as shit yeah it, it was the cork yeah <laughs> it sounded like a duck call i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it was the turkey part <laughs> yeah um well i i have to have you drink at least a little bit of it there john because yeah 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 um we have a review system on the show of nose palette finish and price um, each category is out of five, and then we tally it up for a total out of 20, and then we give you the thumbs up or thumbs down on whether or not you should buy it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, so I need to smell um, put my face in this? Yeah. Um, so I, I would encourage you guys as not necessarily normal bourbon drinkers to smell it one of two ways, or both ways, actually. So the first one is to put your top lip against the rim of the glass with your nose into the glass and smell. You don't know how to smell <laughs> shit, Kyle? No, I just, it was the top lip. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. You know, I, I think like, what's the other way? And then I'll, and then we'll see. I'm gravitating the other way towards is, Lucille falling over territory. Yeah, you're, so. you're getting a little drunk. Okay. <laughs> the other way is actually how Colin has his mouth right now. Uh, where you place it between um, the crevices. I don't want to use the word crevice, but that's the only <laughs> word I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Of your okay. mouth, um, at the corners of your mouth, rather, um, and then you smell. Um, <laughs> John does not like that. No, it's, I don't. What is I, it? It's, it's, it's uh, rubbing alcohol? Hairspray almost? is like. Yeah, mm, no, I, I actually completely agree with you. It, it, yeah, it's, it, it burns me. I know that much. It smells I really, sweet to me. Does it really smell sweet? I, get, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I... I oh, I don't think so. Maybe, I, th- I think it smells like actual, like, moose, hairspray, something like that. Well, I, 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 I don't smell that. I smell a bit of... Uh, hold on. Stand by. <laughs> it's very chemically, I think, is what I smell. I, I actually, mean, I, I think actually I smell agree with a, you. Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, I, I, I think if I'm, if I'm trying to be generous to... This ninety-year-old man, or his son, who has 
clearly succeeded because of nepotism. Uh, there's a bit of caramel there that I smell as well. Maybe. Really? Yeah. I, I, I guess like, I guess I could, you're such a dick to this really old, he's like probably eight seventy five. this old. I think I was man. being more dickish to his son than I was to the old man. I mean, like but. I can, I can definitely get, we're the worst at reviewing bourbon, by the way. No, we're not very good at this. Uh, this is like so, super the, sideways. I like, I like this though. This is a lot of fun. I'm going to be really honest. I mean, I think it is like super, I can get a, I can get a caramel, but it's like a shitty caramel. Like I didn't say it was good caramel. If you went like to the, like, oh, I got to get movie snacks and you go to the Dollar Tree <laughs> and you get some of those so like, goats, whatever they're called. Well, see, I, I was thinking that really cheap brand of Werther's Original. Oh, yeah. That's what it smells yeah, like. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So Mixed um, with like, it's really chemically. Yeah. I will say that. So I would, um, I would challenge you guys to question whether or not you smell anything kind of floral about it because okay. that's what I actually get mostly on the nose. Despite no. Despite the, Okay. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I listen, I, and, and I'll be <laughs> fucking didn't let it finish. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> and I'll be completely honest. I I acknowledge a, a obvious deficiency as far as <laughs> tasting and reading bourbons is concerned. But you say floral. I, I say no. Thank you, sir. I'm so sorry. Well, I, I think that. No, seriously, Perry. I think I'm still just getting hairspray. I don't th- anything floral. No, I, I, don't I see think that. It's there. I see that too. No, I definitely see that. Okay, so wait a minute. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a chrysanthemum that's been sprayed by hairspray. I get that. I, honestly, that's about where I was going with it. <laughs> wow. All right, See, so what's the next John, thing? Do we drink it? John gave me a look like, way to go, asshole, well, but I was I was right there. Listen, you're a little drunk. My neighbors are not going to be happy that you're so loud. I'm trying to get through this and be a professional bourbon reviewer for our good friend Perry. What's Perry, what's next? The, the do we next drink step it? What is, do we do? in fact, taking a drink of it. Yeah. Okay. So enough of that tonight. <laughs> I mean, I, I think overall, like, I, it's obviously the the burn comes from the proof. Is that right? Is that why it doesn't burn as much as like a Blanton's or? So here's here's what I um, okay. So there are a lot of higher proof bourbons out there, and I mean bourbon at its highest has to be I think a hundred and forty five proof. Oh wow, okay. Um, like it cannot exceed a hundred and forty five. I think it's either a hundred and forty five or a hundred and fifty proof. Um. I have this weird theory about, and I, I'm not a chemical engineer by any point, or by any measure, excuse me. Um, I have this theory that the lower the proof of bourbon, like the more water that's added to it. Sure. The more pungent the proof becomes. Um, and I again, I don't have any science or anything to back it up. But I, do, I just feel like there is something about water and bourbon that doesn't quite mix exactly how we want it to in excess. And when it, not, not when it outweighs the amount of bourbon it, that, that it's occupying, but when you add too much bourbon to it, it becomes hotter. And like my example is, I have had, and, and so many of the, the co-hosts that I've had on the show, guest hosts, um, we've had higher proof bourbon. We've go, we've gone, oh, that doesn't taste like it's 120 proof. It doesn't taste like oh, it's sure. 130 okay. proof. Right, yeah. um, but the lower proof stuff, like, you know, 80, 
86 rather than 85, um, we go, oh, that burns. Or, you know, I would think it's higher proof. So, what was your question? <laughs> that was a fucking while ago. <laughs> um, I said, does it does it not burn as much because it's lower proof? Because that it doesn't it does not burn as oh, much. Yeah. As yeah, I don't. The Bowman I don't Brothers feel the, or the Blantons that we've had. Anything yeah, like that. I I don't feel the burn either. I, I think this is actually. I I can't. I'll be completely frank. I, I don't know if it's good or not, but I don't think it's bad. <laughs> No, no, I think I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, I, I, I think this, I like it. Yeah, I, I'll say that. I do think it smells like hairspray, and I and when I drank it just now, I definitely tasted like corn. I could definitely sure. taste corn, like right. Um, but yeah. but it 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 doesn't burn as bad, and I don't know what the price point was. Colin bought it. It, it was maybe for for a handle of that size, it was less than twenty, but uh, more than fifteen. And this is a seven hundred and fifty milliliters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, that's this not a bad should, price point. Yeah, that, that should seems run you about like sixteen or seventeen dollars. Do you think this would be like a good bourbon for like uh, old fashions or any kind of mixed drinks? I feel like it should be. Um, I, I, I don't would, know because you're adding shit to it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I would prefer a one hundred and one, the Wild Turkey one hundred and one for mixed drinks or or old fashions. And is it just because and of those the the can you tell like is the burn better is the taste better what's better about no, it? No, it's it's not about the burn. For me it's about the amount of flavor that goes into it. Oh and sure, okay. Personally, what I like is I like if I, if you know, we're if we're just talking about an old fashioned I prefer cocktails with a spirit forward quality. Meaning I would rather have a cocktail where I can taste the bourbon, you know, okay. as opposed to it just kind of sinking into these flavors. Of, yeah, I got you. Yeah. You know, cherry and, and, and orange yeah. and simple syrup and whatever. Um, so if you gave me a, 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 a old fashioned with a higher proof bourbon, I would be happier. And that's why I would prefer the 101 to this. This to me... And I typically tend to go for bottled and bond, which is a, a hundred proof. Um, I typically go to bottled and bond or anything that's a higher proof. Okay. Um, so this to me just does not have the flavor characteristics that I, I tend to oh, yeah, go right. for. But you're um, like a, you're an old hand at the drinking game, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're not. I mean, well, I, I think like hey John, you, hey John, yeah. I have okay, both of you. I have a question for you. Okay, sure. Okay, how old do you think I am? Oh God, oh this is gonna be rough. Thirty-two. No, let me go. I see some gray okay. in your whiskers. Um, jeez. Hmm. <laughs> Twenty-eight. You're both wrong. How old are you? I'll be 25 in August. <gasps> Are you we're, serious? We're old as fuck. Oh, well, I mean, I'm I'm almost 37 at this point. I'll be 35 <laughs> in August. Yeah, I know. I, I I guess what? So okay. So I'll I'll say a thing. But about you're still this. an old hand at drinking. Yeah, you're you're an old hand at drinking. I, I in in terms of like my experience, sure. But yeah, <laughs> he's only been legally allowed to drink for three, four years, four years. So. He just ran out, right out the gate. Just started chugging this. Yeah, stuff. he was. Uh, <laughs> he was something of a prodigy, I, I guess. Okay, so I, I wanted to say, I, I, I think, and maybe this is off point for your audience, but if 
you're someone who doesn't have a lot of disposable income, but you want a whiskey that's not terrible. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I, I think yeah. this would be okay as a kind of, this is the thing I'm drinking every day, but it's not special because yeah. okay so it's not like yeah. it's not like bland absolutely. it's not like yeah absolutely here, here, here's the thing that confused me though when i bought this at the liquor store there was a lot of uh did you say 100 proof 101 101 101 so there was a lot of that but there was only a couple of these so i was led to believe this was more <laughs> exclusive oh, oh, oh but clearly i was wrong <laughs> or clearly they had just overstocked or something at the liquor store well 101 to. isn't really exclusive either it's just that I don't know. Like 101 seems to actually be more popular. Um, okay. And and I don't know specifically okay, that, what that, it that is. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't done like the research behind it to go, oh, this is why 81 doesn't hold up like 101 does or anything. Sure. But 101, to me at least, has more flavor, is more approachable. And, you know, I. I again, prefer higher proof bourbons because it's not a like, oh, it's going to get me drunk quicker or anything. It just to me means that there's less water added. So less of the flavor has been diluted. Diluted. Sure. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. Makes sense. I, I, and, yeah. and, and I guess part of it is because I don't understand, I don't understand the intricacies of the process. So I don't think I knew that if, a whiskey's 81 proof, that means it's been diluted with water. I, I just, it has. I don't think I, I knew that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I think that if you're a casual bourbon or drinker person, you give it, we give it out of five, <laughs> right? Is that the score out of five? Each category is out of five. Nose Each category. Is is okay. Um, no, nose was like a. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give a nose like a two. I'm going to give it a nose a three. Um, well, hold on. Because hold on. I can't type that fast. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, so um, I'm going to give the okay. nose a three because I think if you work, not unlike Arrested <laughs> Development, you find a lot there to like. You find a lot. I'm just going to give it a. I'm going to give it a two because it's so chemically. Okay, and, and I don't like that that okay. much. Okay, what's the I next category? Uh, uh, palate. Pa- is that so? Taste? Just the, taste. Yeah the the main flavor that you're getting from it. Okay, I taste a lot of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah me too so that's a five i guess so on those grounds it doesn't <laughs> okay so Colin's getting my expectations <laughs> it doesn't taste like a snow cone so five no i would say like on taste wow I mean, I'm going to give it a five. Sure. Why? I mean, listen, I have. You're, you're so you're like fucking you're almost drunk. It's, this you're is right there. This is. Uh, listen, great inflation is a real thing and I'm OK with that. But I'm going to give it a five. If if, if you enjoyed it, who cares? Yeah. yeah. If, I, I mean, if one assumes I'm thinking I don't think anyone is is walking into a liquor store and thinking, huh, this is a special night. Take me to the wild turkey. <laughs> I, I I think everyone knows what they're getting with yeah. this. So because of those expectations, I'm happy to say I think this is a five. This is not this is not gross. It's not disappointing. I think this is a passable whiskey for what it is. Yeah, I think with the burn uh, and, and not being there, which I which I weirdly enjoy, I'm I'll give it a four. I don't I don't hate it. I don't think when I put it in my mouth, it's like. Uh, it's like annoying or anything <laughs> to me. I mean, I, I kind of liked it. So I'll okay. say four. I don't okay. love it. I'm not like, 
I guess the difference is like when you drink Blanton's, you can feel how smooth it is and how rich yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. And this, it's like I now that he said the water thing, I pick up on that a lot <laughs> more. I think. <laughs> well, Blanton's is uh, higher proof too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'll give it yeah. a four. Though I, I enjoy it, and okay. I think that. It's not in, in any means like I think when somebody says wild turkey, you get a negative connotation. In well, your that's head. And, and, and that's At ultimately I my point. Before, I, yeah. I, I guess my, my point is I think this transcends expectation. So because of that, I'm prepared to give it a five. Sure. And, uh, and I listen, you can find me on Twitter. If any of your listeners disagree <laughs> with me, that's fine. I probably won't respond to them. <laughs> um, all right, what's the next category? What's yeah, next? I, uh, well, I have to give my, my score oh, on, yeah, yeah, on sorry. palette. I gave oh, it a sorry, 2.5. Perry. 2. No, it's 5? Okay. Yeah. 2.5. He's, he's, he's uppity, um, that's why. He's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, no, he's <laughs> uppity. <laughs> See, this is what happens to me, Perry. You know, if I say anything <laughs> that John doesn't like, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm some kind of an elitist or something. You are. Well, here's you the thing. Are I, like I don't think that's actually true. But he, is a, he is a fucking bourbon show. Of course he's uppity. <laughs> <laughs> about bourbon, he's gonna be. Oh, I love it's like, you guys it's like so if I gave much. Him, like, Y'all are so Mad sweet. Dog Twenty Twenty. He's gonna be like, "This is really shit." Because he's uppity, <laughs> and in, I would in say, having a Virginia, I'm gonna slam some great Mad Dog. Yeah, and pretty I, good night. I would say of all the bourbons <laughs> named after dogs, this is pretty good. So, <laughs> two point five. That's is there, okay. Wow. I gave it a two point five because it it's very middle of the road for me, and like it doesn't fair. quite. It doesn't provide a whole lot of flavor experience, and it tapers off really quickly, which leads into my my score for the finish, um, which is the next category. So, <laughs> what do you guys okay, finish? Wanted? Is that finish. okay? So finish so is aftertaste. like aftertaste. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I like it. I mean, it is corny though. I get corn, a lot of corn. Like if you if if they put alcohol in the that like. Uh, shitty diarrhea pump movie theater popcorn butter. That's what this would be like. <laughs> that sounds awful. Uh, I, I, I would give the finish like a, a a three. Is what I'll say. Okay, I, I okay. think I'm I think I'm prepared to say four only because of again I, I'm taking expectations into consideration. Oh, sure. I, 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 I don't think I, I must confess I've never had a wild turkey bourbon before. I had always just ignored it because I thought wild turkey, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, it's oh, just is definitely Ubering home anything. tonight. Yeah, no, I, I just, I think I just walked through it. I, I, yeah, I mean, I Wild guess turkey, it, fuck you. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I was just surprised that it's not garbage. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So I'll give it a four. If for I that didn't reason. have the weird corn butter aftertaste, I would give it a four. But I feel that. Well, I mean, I. I really like is that. that pro- that's probably not professional how I just said it, but it's okay. I, I not <laughs> corn not that butter. I would know. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I think I'm prepared to say because this is better than I thought it would be. I'll give it a four. I think I'm being very generous right now. Okay, sure. Have you guys ever had Wild Turkey 101? Have we Wild Turkey 101? Mm, yeah. No. No, we have not. Okay. Um, the next bourbon purchase that you need to make is the Wild Turkey 101, just so you can compare it to what you have just had tonight. Interesting. Um, okay. Okay. Because I think that the Turkey 101 is a superior product to the 81 proof. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I think after we, maybe we'll try that and we'll definitely probably feel the same way you feel, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. 
We'll let you know I, when I, we yeah. do it. I think if we had yeah. done this review at the beginning, you would not have liked it this much. You don't think so? Because I think you've had a lot. Like this, <laughs> this bottle was a lot more full than it is now. Well, I mean, but let's because be clear about something. I'm, I'm, I'm usually a little more generous than you are about these kinds of things. That's false. <laughs> it, really? <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, Perry. Continue. If you've ever listened to there? the Hop Ons oh. podcast, you know that that is not true. Yeah. Uh, I, I, right. Uh, thank uh, you. Price point. Right. Price is that the point. next one? Yeah. Yeah. Price. Was it under twenty, above fifteen? That's good. F- um, five. This usually goes for seventeen dollars. What's the one hundred one go for? Uh, about twenty. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna go like a four, probably. Again, because okay. of expectations. I mean, you you hear wild turkey, you think hobos under a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you think. You think <laughs> what's going on this weekend? Are we are we going to a party? Are we this going to a party awesome. in the Brumley, in the Gap in the Valley? <clears throat> get a bottle of wild turkey, pass yeah. the pitch around a campfire. That's what you hear. But in reality, it's just a, it's a decent bourbon. I'm gonna yeah. go four. I'm, I'm okay. gonna go two because what? you bought it. I don't give a well, fuck. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I mean, for for Perfect. those reasons, I'm thinking two because I'm thinking, okay, wild turkey. If you buy a handle of Blanton's, they just give you a handle of wild turkey. <laughs> so the you fact can't that I had to buy pay a for handle it, of Blanton's, there, Colin. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Colin. Duh. What do you mean you can't buy a handle of Blanton's? <laughs> I don't. They even don't know what offer that means. it in. Okay. Well, okay, handles are 1.75 milliliters. Oh, come on. Okay, what, fine. This, anyway, the, the point I was trying to make was I just assumed they gave wild liters. turkey away know, as, a, as a kind of incentive <laughs> just for buying something else. So I, I, I guess I, I, it did not meet my expectations. Everything else exceeded my <laughs> expectations. I assumed this would be cheap as shit, but it wasn't. So it's like, it's like to me, it's like the Boone's Farm of whiskey i mean and, and like again i'm i'm prepared <laughs> to say that clearly my expectations and my assumptions were wrong but i thought this was super cheap bourbon clearly it's not because i had to pay close to 20 dollars so for let it me, let me make let me just get this clear if i can you're upset because you thought it was super cheap so it should have been super cheap but still be really good <laughs> if we're talking about expectations sure yeah <laughs> Okay. Again, I, I think I was very I generous think it too with is all fair the other then. grading. Yeah, with all the other grading, I think it's fair. Sure. I think this will compensate for my two on the price. I just thought it's wild turkey, okay? I'm just, I'm thinking all the guys who bullied me in high school would say, like, fuck you, Cox, I'm going to go drink some wild turkey now. And go crush some wild turkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just assumed it was garbage whiskey. So, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say two, Perry. Well, I gave it a three, um, only because there are there are other bourbons that are better for the price, but there are much worse bourbons at a higher price. Oh, sure, too. okay, yeah, okay, um, interesting. I like that. So, like three is, you know, I could have given it a two point five, like I did with the um, the nose and the palate, but I think that three is fair enough because. You know, I think I, I, I've talked about this a lot recently, but I feel like Wild Turkey is one of those brands that's synonymous with bourbon. Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I is. think that to it's offer the Jack their of bourbon. <laughs> no, I disagree. I think that uh, that Jim Beam is the Jack Daniels of bourbon. Oh, sure. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same re- thing. Regardless, though. 
but that's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> that'll be for next time. Sure. Yeah, that's the next time you guys are on. Because we've been talking for two hours. And Have I don't we really? Know. It's been two hours? It's been two about, hours, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, because we've been yeah. rambling coherently. Who boy. Perry, I'm so sorry. Everybody listening, okay. It's I'm okay. sorry. I don't, I don't mind. I'll edit it down. Um, I gave it a three. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, so our, <laughs> our next segment... And we're going to wrap this up fairly quickly, but um, Tips and Bits, which is our recommendation segment, um, where you can basically recommend anything. (laughs) Tips and Bits. It's Tips and Bits with Perry. Um, (laughs) We can recommend anything. Like, does it have to be alcohol or can it be like... Anything. Anything anything that I want to recommend? Anything, anything. Um, I'm reading uh, Red Dragon, the first... Uh, okay. Hannibal Lecter book. <laughs> just to just to get a, just so I can say hello, Colin. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it took way too long, but <laughs> hello, Colin. Oh no! Uh, oh, did we lose Perry? You're Catherine Hepburn you lost is amazing. Perry. No, I'm still here. Perry, are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. Can you hear we me? We can't see you, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, right, I'm you're sorry. Back, you're back. Uh, I'm reading. Okay. I'm reading the Hannibal Lecter book. Because I was bored waiting for my girlfriend in Mr. K's, and I was like, I'll just read this creepy book. Who decides to read Red Dragon? <laughs> it was right way? next to me. Honest to God, that's the only reason. I looked over and was like, oh, okay. And so I bought it. <laughs> oh, you bought it. <laughs> and uh, it's good. I liked it. Um, that's what for my tips and bits. Colin, what would you recommend? I don't know. I Something <laughs> uppity and garbage that people can't keep it. Every time, this is... I would definitely recommend Dane Ritter's poetry. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, John, I, you're um, my favorite now. Colin, what do you have? I, I don't know. I So I, I also hope... Excuse me. I also host a podcast called the Clutter Desk Podcast, and we just recorded yeah, an episode, yeah, and I, I recommended... Um, the Blink-182 album, Enema of the State, I returned oh, to it. old school. Man. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, man. And, and I'll, I'll share that with your listeners because I think when people think about Blink-182, they think, and they're not wrong, let's be clear about something, uh, they, <laughs> they think uh, immature white guys from California, but there's this moment when they surprise you with Adam's song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is... A, it's a great song. Deeply thoughtful and interesting meditation on depression and suicide. And then if you just pause at that and think, well, maybe there's more to this band than I would have given them credit. Is it possible that What's My Name Again is actually a satire of white male culture? And I've just been listening to Blink-182 recently wow. and, and fundamentally rethinking my relationship with this band and that album because that's one of the first wow. albums I remember buying. And... That's not to say, let's be clear about something. That's not to say that this is a perfect album because it's not. There's a lot of misogyny and a lot of gaps and a lot of problems. But I think it's potentially a smarter (laughs) album than people think. And I've been listening to it a lot and really enjoying it. So if you're someone who, and and I know, Perry, you're about 10 years younger than I am. But if you're someone who listened (laughs) to Blink-182 in the late 90s and early aughts and thought, no, no, you don't need to apologize. If, if you listen to them and thought that's my jam, but then feel a bit ambivalent about it, I would encourage you to return to Enema of the State because there's a lot there that is really interesting and yeah. really smart and thoughtful. And I think it kind of permeates out across the album. So cool. that's my right. I'm just kind of doubling recommendations at this point, but that's my <laughs> recommendation. That's OK. Um, 
I'm going to actually recommend two different things. Um, to stay on topic with the uh, the TV show idea of the show, um, two different things. The first one is um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which my brother Dane has actually recommended on the show before, um, which is unbelievably funny. Um, just recently got into it, and... My gosh, Michael Schur is just a genius. I mean, I, I think that he is one of the funniest TV comedic personas yeah. out there today. Um, and then, oh, I'm sorry, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll think of it when I'm when I'm listening back. <sighs> I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I lost it. That's okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> Put it in the show notes, man. It's fine. Yeah, I, I definitely you will. You can just... John and Colin. You can just record something thank, and edit it in, so... Yeah, I probably yeah, will. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you all so much for being here. This has been such a crazy fun episode. <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. I, mean, I, hope yeah. we, I hope we didn't just ruin your whole, like... <laughs> Oh, everything because we talked not. as long as uh, Return of the King, basically. So <laughs> extended cuts. Extended yeah, cut, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Thank you for uh, inviting us, and thank you for humoring us, and thank you for for this conversation. <laughs> we really enjoyed it. Um, if people want to find us, I, I'm sure you can include this in the show notes. We're on Twitter uh, at Hopons Pod, mm-hmm. and we have an email address. You can find us on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice, yep. other than. Other than SoundCloud, maybe I don't think no, we're on you have SoundCloud. To have your own, you have to, your own yeah, yeah, SoundCloud. <laughs> sound, they're motherfuckers. They are at SoundCloud, yeah, but we're on everything else. It's just the Hop Ons podcast. If yeah. you like Arrested Development, or if you don't like it and you need help jumping into it, I, I think we're we're wonderful assistants. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, yeah, for sure. Start from episode one, and I I think that you guys do a great job of providing somebody who kind of is your, (laughs) I hate, I hate doing this, but you know, providing somebody who is your Gandalf through. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think of this. I I like to think joint Gandalfs. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. But it, it it helps people understand the show better and not just for first time listeners, but allows them to go, Oh, this is what works about this show. This is mm. what doesn't work about the yeah. show. And you know, I, I think you guys do a fantastic job of uh, of uh, you know establishing not just your opinions, but you know, I think to some degree facts about you know the 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 aspects of this show that are so great. And uh, you know, maybe I'll just go ahead and throw. <laughs> Arrested Development in as one of my tips and bits. <laughs> Even though we've passed it. Because I think you guys really do need to watch it um, and listen along with the the, the Hop-Ons podcast, too. Um, but I really do appreciate you guys being on tonight. This is it's so out of the realm for us. We've done um, a, a Star Wars episode before, but we haven't actually, you know taking the time to talk about a TV show. <laughs> I really like the Star Wars episode, by the way. That's that's one of the oh, episodes. Well, because I, I wanted to listen to your podcast before we did this, and I wanted something that I could listen to and 
possibly understand. So I, I saw that in right. the feed that there was a Star Wars episode yeah, that I right. listened. And uh, you have some interesting friends. I really dig that. And, I do. And, <laughs> and, and, Sounds so surprised. Uh, no, no. You have interesting friends. No, it's, wow. it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> if someone just said to me, you're not just drunk all the time. No, no. I, I, but I, it's my, excuse me, I guess my point is um, you, you found a way to take broadly speaking, what is a podcast about bourbon and alcohol and also intelligently incorporate a conversation about a popular and beloved franchise and do so in a way that was smart and not reductive. And and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch a fair amount of YouTube videos (laughs) and regrettably the commentary at times is a bit simplistic and reductive and you didn't do that. So I was impressed that you were able to pivot in that way and I liked it. So... Well, do I get an A in your class then, or <laughs> easily, even hey. with great inflation, even with the great inflation, you would get an A. So, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you all so much for being on uh, the thank show. Thank you, I Perry. Really do appreciate it. Um, we, I, I hope to have you guys some uh, back sometime in the future. Yeah. Maybe when uh, the second half of season five comes out, we'll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be down with that. That'd be great. I would be more than happy to do that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Um, if you want to hit us up on social media, we are at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you would like to find our um, apparel uh, and our um, whatever, I can't think of it. Merchandise? <laughs> Merch? Uh, you can head to uh, bourbonshop.threadless.com. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you can head to patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast. Please give us a rate and review, a five-star rate and review, rather, on uh, iTunes. We are just now on Spotify, finally. It took a thousand years, but we are there. Thank you all so much for listening. I know that this has been really out of the realm of what we normally talk about with uh, this My Bourbon podcast, but um, absolutely 100% go and check out uh, the Hop Ons podcast too. I guess you guys might have a new uh, logo soon too. I hope so. Yeah. Listen, Perry, I'm more than happy to send you our current logo and let you play with it a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Oh, I can, I can totally do that. Okay, um, fantastic. Colin, Colin, and John, thank you guys so much for for being on this episode. It's been just a trip and a half. Well, <laughs> thank you, man. We appreciate it. Perry, I've, I've enjoyed this more than I've enjoyed most things. So thank you so much. It's, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Well, we, we uh, look forward to having Colin and John back on in the future. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast. <laughs>